Welcome to this Nigerian Life Podcast, a podcast about me, Uluwatobi. I am the host, and I want you to think of this like an audio diary, where I share my thoughts as a modern Nigerian woman, sometimes by myself and sometimes with friends. Listen and enjoy. Okay, hi everyone. It's good to be back. I've been on a hiatus for almost two months now. Abi, my last recording was in February. Anyway, I'm back now. If this is your first time listening, my name is Oluwatobi. Welcome to this Nigerian Life podcast. Today, I'll be talking about a very interesting topic, something that I feel one in two Nigerians is aware of, and that's the topic of immigration. In other words, jackpotting, <laughs> how to jackpot from Nigeria to Canada in particular, Canada has become so popular in the last three years. I think there, for every five Nigerians you meet, three of them are either planning to go to Canada, have successfully applied to go to Canada, or they've moved to Canada. Like, Canada is not like Nigeria part two. <laughs> there are so many Nigerians there. And today I have a friend and colleague who is currently based in Canada. Her name is Funke Fasunon, and we will be talking about her experience going through the immigration process to Canada. She's a lawyer by profession, and I'll allow her to introduce herself. Welcome, Funke. Please introduce Hi, yourself. Hi, Toby. <laughs> Thank you Hi. so much for inviting me here. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's, it's so good to, to speak with you. It's been yeah, a while it's been connected. a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. It's <laughs> so, nice to talk to you. So nice to talk to you. So, uh, my name is Funke, and um, I moved to Canada July 2019. I, 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 I've lived in Nigeria before then, since I was born, right? And um, I, I joined the Nigerian bar in 2005, and um, I, I was a primary applicant for permanent residence visa for my family. We used the express entry and we secured the federal skilled workers um, immigration visa to come to Canada. And it's we've been here for less than two years. I, I came initially just me and the two kids. And then my husband joined us later. And um, it's been so far so good. <laughs> <laughs> you so miss Nigeria. I feel, I feel like... I enjoy asking Nigerians abroad this question. Do you miss Nigeria? If you do, be very honest. If you miss, if you don't miss it, just say you don't miss it for now. But if you do miss it, what do you miss about Nigeria? It's definitely not the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be too surprised. When I went to, when I, I was working in Lagos and when I went to Buffalo University to do my master's, I would drive through um, Sabo, just to experience people hooting and all that. Because I was living in quarters and my I was on campus, right? So yeah. was, everything was just so sane, you know? So so don't be too sure about it. That one doesn't mean the chaos. The truth is, for me personally, I I was brought up in an unconventional way, right? Mm-hmm. So Nigeria, for me, um, wasn't so... Um, I'm wondering how to put this without 
appearing like I'm forming. So in the first mm-hmm. instance, my parents are globetrotters. So because of that, even while I was in Nigeria, we communicated more via WhatsApp and email, right? And whenever they had to see me, they came to Lagos more than I went to see them. Now, I'm speaking for myself, not for my husband, right? Because my husband and I, when it comes to all those things, we are like black and white, right? <laughs> so, and then I was, I was what you call a, um, like, a, I love to stay indoors. In fact, I had this, this notoriety that if there's internet and power, I'll stay indoors for a month and I won't go oh, out. Wow. And I'll be so... running my life. So you've, you've so, been practicing this stay sheltering in place, as they call it, <laughs> long before so, many people have. So for me, um, coming to Canada didn't change many things. Okay. I was not a party person. I was not used to represent us in parties. I never enjoyed dressing up for parties because honestly, even though um, people say, oh, I'm dressing fancy and using makeup is glamorous. For me, once I can't be myself, once I can't, um, once I can't, I don't know. I just don't, a lot of things just don't go down well with me. So I was, I appeared off to a number of people. So I didn't really, um, I wouldn't really, I wasn't really into Ashwabi. I wasn't really into parties. My husband was going to represent us, you know. I remember one um, capitalist I worked for, he said I didn't use to genuflex. I didn't grow up kneeling down for my grandparents or my parents. So, you know, I had all those issues in Nigeria. And then, when I went natural, people would be going like, oh, won't you make your hair? But I got yeah. so so for me, living in living in Nigeria didn't change a lot of things. Rather, it just helped me maintain my personal space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, then I have I have preferences on how I take care of my children. Like for my second child, I didn't have a naming ceremony. And you mm-hmm. can imagine that I didn't have a Christian, I didn't have a naming ceremony. I can imagine that you're a bad girl, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. So I, I did a lot of things that were like, so here, nobody asks me questions. The only people that have asked me about my hair are Nigerians. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I tend to avoid Nigerians because, you know, so no, nobody, nobody asks me funny questions. Nobody yeah. prognoses into how you're raising your kids. Or, you know, so, so in short, me, people, people accepted you as you were. She not trying it. to make you conform or I change go to cut in snow pants and snow boots and nobody gives me a headache because I'm too right. cold, I, you know? Right. And, right. and I didn't have a car for a while. I was taking, I wasn't going to drive without a driving license. A lot of the Nigerian immigrants were telling me I can drive with my Nigerian license. I said, no, I need to know how to drive here. I don't want a ticket because I was, I volunteer in the Caricot Center and I see crazy tickets people come with. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get a ticket just because I'm trying to drive by force. So I didn't drive until last year, October. And a lot of Nigerians would be like, mm. but <laughs> by my other friends from other cultures, they don't stress me out about it. They give me a ride if they need to. If they don't have to, they just chat me up just to keep me company when I'm on the transit. And life goes mm-hmm. on, you know. So so for me, when it comes to missing Nigeria, I'm not sure. I I I, I don't know. I, I'm, connect- I'm still connected to the people the same way I was connected to them. I make fun I of people that I, I went to have my second child in the U.S. I got back mm-hmm. to Nigeria January 2018. I left um, for Canada July 2019. Nobody came to my house because I didn't do a party. So now if you tell me you miss me, I'll be wondering, what are you missing? <laughs> How do you miss me? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? I guess. So, yeah. yeah. So that's the way I'll answer the question. I won't say I don't miss it or I miss it. But what, what, what about just, the food? It seems like some Nigerians, some Nigerians make a big deal about the food. I, I need to hear your opinion. Like, are Tell you me. that crazy? 
about Tommy. not eating Nigerian food. Tommy, <laughs> the mom that raised me would gladly drink gari over whatever. You oh. know, and, well, my favorite food is amala. Well, I don't like yeah. it. So I've not made amala since I got here. Even though I brought yeah. flour. I used to, my mother, I used to make my mother make it for me. And then my husband would make it for me, but I've not made it. So for me, I think, I think, because even, my, my parents exposed us to a lot of cultures within Nigeria. And um, to a large extent, I've never been fixated on one food or one way of living or, you know, so for me, the transition has been really smooth. Yeah. I can't tell you that. If I really miss Nigerian food, I can always go to Nigerian um, food um, place to get mm-hmm. the food to eat. But I've mm-hmm. not felt that, I've not missed it like that. You know? So no longing for puff puff. And what again did the uh, friend of mine say he was missing? Um, I'm a goat meat <laughs> polish, goat meat stew or something. Can I hide rice? <laughs> oh gosh, people make a big yeah. deal about their food. Anyway, so now there are different. I know that a lot of people are either thinking about moving to Canada or talking to somebody about moving to Canada, or there's some sort of talk, something about leaving the country, and there's a lot of information online. I know. But someone like you who was a professional here as a lawyer, can you tell us a bit about which of the various paths you took? I know you said the Federal Express Entry, so... Federal Skilled Workers. Oh, Federal Skilled Workers. Yeah. Uh So there's exact Federal Entry, but yeah, the category is Federal Skilled Workers. Yeah, so tell us about that for somebody like you who is listening that might want to explore that. So, like I said, I was raised in an unconventional way. I saw life in an unusual way. And so, I wasn't interested in coming to Canada. It was my husband that made me come. And when my oh, husband really? wants something, he has a I way of... I didn't know that. <laughs> he has, seriously, he has a way of stressing you out. Right? Even going to have my second child in the US was my husband. When he wants you to do something, he has a way of nagging you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, I do stuff, but then see me stuff for him. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just take this and go. Just take you know, it. Like, free me. Leave me alone. <laughs> free me. So, but but um, I've had to thank him many times for making us come here. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. It's 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 been worth it. And so, what we did was because because of our parents, because of the kind of families we come from, we couldn't um, venture into being irregular migrants. Okay. You know, we won't have our, our parents' blessings. And um, I must confess is, that. Sorry, what does irregular migrants mean? What does that mean? Okay, that means if we come here with a visitor's visa, visa or a student visa and we decide to stay beyond the terms of our visa and then mm-hmm. maybe we apply for asylum. Some people are mm-hmm. able to apply for permanent residence, but you know, mm-hmm. but it's not a, it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that at some point a person's visa would have expired or their stay would have expired you know even with mm-hmm. the visitor's visa it's not if you have a visitor's visa for three years for example it's not like you can yeah. stay for two years as a stretch you have to maybe stay for three to six months and then okay. go you and come back and it. all that <laughs> yeah so yeah so once your stay is outside the it's no longer legitimate as we like to call it <laughs> it's mm-hmm. no longer covered by whatever document brought you there mm-hmm. you become an irregular and then okay. while you're applying for a permanent residence and maybe they're denying and you're appealing 
even though yes. to the system you're covered, as long as you're in the system, as long as your application is before them or your appeal is before them, you're yeah. covered. But, you know, you can't do a lot of things, you know. So it's, yeah, it's irregular migration. The, mig- the migration I did, the minute I stepped in the airport, I became yeah. a permanent residence. I had the oh. same rights with the citizen. The only okay. thing I couldn't do was vote. Okay. okay. Everything the citizens could enjoy. Because my, my son had to see the doctor less than two weeks after we arrived here and was able to go see the doctor. We, we didn't wow. have to pay a dime mm-hmm. for it, you know. And so, and our, our, the child benefit payments we get from government, it was backdated to the moment we arrived. Okay. Right? Wow. But for somebody yeah. who comes with a visitor's visa, until you get permanent residence status, all those things may not be possible. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so, so you can imagine two people living in Nigeria. Maybe one person comes, like I came with a PR visa, and the other person came with a visitor's visa. We arrived the same day and decided we're staying. But from the minute I arrive, I'm enjoying so many things, which is what has given me a lot of leaps in my career path. Okay. You know, like even the. Yeah. Even the articles I'm doing right now with the University of Calgary, it was stated there that preference would be given to permanent residents and citizens. Wow. So, yes, yeah. So, is that, yeah. So, once one is not, you know, and so for me, we, I had to write IELTS twice. The first time, it was my writing. So, the first time after I wrote it, I reorganized my approach. The second time, I, so I had to get people to check my writing. I had to get people that scored eight or nine to check mm-hmm. through. And coming to Canada has been a humbling experience for me. Okay. Like my resume, the person that Canadianized my resume to get articles. <laughs> sorry, I'm going to be picking stuff from way back and now. It's okay. The person that Canadianized my resume to get articles, I think it graduated 10 years after me from Ife. Oh. You know? Yeah. It's a younger person. Yeah. So, and all that... Coming to Canada has totally and absolutely humbled me. So IELTS, I wrote it tries, and then we had to do the West, and you know the way our institutions are before they would send your transcript oh and my all God. that. Getting the transcripts is a chore. <laughs> oh, no. I don't even want to talk what about you? my experience. Jesus. Nah, my university. Oh, my God. What a, what a shame. Do you know the most ridiculous one? When I was doing the one for the law for the NCA, the National mm-hmm. Accreditation Committee for to to requalify for law here, they had sent it. But I think yeah. they now replied them. Was that was it that one or worse? Anyway, one of the two bodies, they replied them asking them to click a button to verify. Do you know at some point and I was told my mom, because my parents are lecturers there, that what's happening? They say, let me check. And the mom goes there and says, Can you imagine? They said we needed to pay one thousand naira before they would click the button. Oh my goodness. So, so she had to get a teller, go to a bank, and they can't do bank transfer. Go to a bank, pay the 1,000 naira, and then take the teller back to the transcript office oh so that they can click, yes, we sent you the transcript. You see, uh, uh, you see my, my, my experience with university in Nigeria has, I don't want to say it has scarred me for life, but it's not been a pleasant one. <laughs> 10 years, or rather almost 10 years after leaving the school, it's still affecting me. You know, when I wrote my final exams then before going to law school and dropping my pen, I was like, God, thank you. I'm finally done with this. Ah, with this but that is not the case. 
every time that I've needed my transcript, I've had to go back and I've been through hell just to get the transcript. <laughs> like, uh, and then it's not cheap, especially when you're sending it abroad. It's not cheap. Oh my goodness. Anyway, and then I needed I needed a letter continue. from MBA and somehow I couldn't find a receipt. I couldn't find my 2018 receipt. But I found mm. my 2018 ID card. Toby, there's absolutely no way you're going to have an ID card if you did not pay. Yeah, right? And then yeah. I think we found the teller, we found the payment proof. But, because, mm-hmm. but who is supposed to generate receipts? Please, in law, who, <laughs> who is supposed to confirm? <laughs> Who's supposed to have the accurate record of payment? The person that collected money now. Uh-uh. <laughs> anyway, thank God for, for my, for my um, um, support turned sister, Fumi. She sorted it out. And, you know, and in, in and fact, this she, is the MBO. You know, the Nigerian Bar Association. You would expect better (laughs) from them. You know, like, you know, so it was, it's, um, the, 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 I must confess that integrating into the culture, because I've, um, volunteered with the Calgicot Center, um, with, um, I've, I started volunteer work since, Mm. um, October 2019. I landed Mm -hmm. July 2019 after, and I'm volunteering with three different organizations and I'm involved with them, right? And, we, I think the major challenge we have in Nigeria is that what we're trying to do is copy. What yes. they have here, in place here, is homegrown. Okay. So part of Don't my be, work as a volunteer, that. part of my work as a volunteer is to collect, is to collect data on the court mm-hmm. floor. Mm-hmm. And so when we see a particular trend, oh, these are the kind of people that keep getting into this kind of offense. We'll go and look at the law. Are we sure not um, penalizing um, poverty? We'll go and oh. look at, you know, yes. So everything they do here, even the, the way we adapted, the reason why I have all this headset and all the computer I'm using is because right now the court has gone fully virtual. Yeah. Right? And the other time we were, I was listening to CBA webinar and they were talking about how you can make your, um, your documents much more compelling to the court. So you can use graphics, and um, that's Canadian C. Bar Association. Okay. I'm a student member. Once you are a law student or any citizen, you are qualified to be a student member, and it's cheap, $30 per year, and you get a lot of subsidized events, a lot of um, free stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they were teaching us how to make our, our um, documents that you submit to the court compelling. Mm-hmm. You know, how you needed to tell it like a story. Because now you're not standing before the court to do all the drama, and all the, the working and all the whatever. Tree, yes. You're just a talking head, a small talking head. Mm-hmm. So now, and, and so everything, yeah, and I can imagine um, us just carrying all these things to go and copy in Nigeria. Without understanding, yes. So those are part of the problem. So there's a disconnect between what we have in our policies and what really may work for us. And that's why a lot of times it's not sustainable. Yes. So when I look at an MBA, for example, that needs me to bring my receipts to confirm I paid, when you should just be able to click my name somewhere mm-hmm. and see mm-hmm. all see the payments I've ever made exactly. since I was called, you know? Yeah. When I see, it's because um, it's not homegrown. Mm-hmm. It's not an homegrown thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, we, we got to Canada, and like I said... For me, I depend on people a lot. I've never been rich cash-wise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I, I, I crack a joke. I say, if you don't have money, you better have friends. Yeah. So 
So I'd connected with people here, and um, um, it's interesting. I got people, Nigerians, people I'd known since, maybe some from childhood, some from um, my first degree in OAU. And they had, somebody had gotten the apartment we were going to stay at. Somebody had lent me money to pay for it because I'm so frugal, I wasn't going to convert money from Nigeria and send to them. I said they should pass the money around themselves in the system. When I come, I'll come and give you. I don't want to lose one couple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a rich girl. People always oh. wonder when I say I'm not a rich girl. Seriously, oh I've, 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 um, it, it's, it's amazing what you can do with little if you're determined to do it, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and part of the interesting thing is that the, I was a primary applicant for my family and yeah. I used my self-employed status to get the visa. Now, for the immigration officers, all they wanted to see was that you did legal task every year that you clean and that somebody paid you for it. Okay. So all they needed was for my customers, two clients to write that in yes, so, 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 and so. We did, yeah, Funke did this for us and we paid out this amount. And then I, excuse me, I attached their, their receipt or their bank alert or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was all I needed to do. You know, and my law firm runs as a social enterprise. We charge yeah. you food, this or nothing. So it wasn't as if I had a salary. So I didn't even have a stop to de- show. You mm-hmm. know, if you have a job, you have to show that you have pay sleep. I didn't have a yeah. pay sleep to show. All I had to show was that customers worked. I worked for customers and they paid me. And I had mm-hmm. a proof of payments. Mm-hmm. And when I got there and I met the comes somebody that was supposed to help me with get a mentor in law, I met him and... When I told him, oh, I founded a law firm, he said, you founded it? Please go and put founder. I was like, <laughs> why? He said, go and put founder. Put founder. Because when I was in Nigeria, I never had founder on my profile in LinkedIn. Because I didn't want people to use the smallness of me to measure the firm. So, you know, a lot of people would think, oh, she works for, she works for, you know. Yeah. But I got here and they were like, no. And I really didn't appreciate it until this lockdown. So, like, this role I got, it's um, mostly... It's, it's fully remote and mm-hmm. they need a self-starter. Yeah. They need somebody that won't just sleep off and be watching Netflix. <laughs> come yeah. Someone that can lead is, herself. Yeah. And get you know, her things done without, yeah. someone, without anyone pushing yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot and of then, And then they also needed to hear stories of what I had done. Stories mm-hmm. and so when 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 I, I see a lot of lawyers lamenting, people don't want to pay us, they don't want to do this, they don't want to do that. I worked with a lot of people for free, for nothing. I sent emails to telcos in Nigeria, telling them, "Oh, you deducted somebody's money, refund the money." And once they see lawyers' website, lawyers' email, they do it. All those stories help my interview here, okay? Because they're real tasks. You actually did stuff for people. Yeah. Yeah. You actually carried out things and you know, so when they when they when they ask, for instance, that oh, do you are you able to write concisely? Those are proofs that you can write concisely. If I send you an email and we don't have to go to court to resolve the issue, it's a proof yeah. that you can write well. Yes. You know, if if I'm able to keep a lot of my client briefs out of litigation, out of the court, it's yeah. a proof that I can handle alternative dispute resolution. Nobody's asking me how much did they pay you for it? <laughs> Well, I'm not claiming to be, well, for some people, that's their bragging point. 
they are able to raise such amount of revenue for their workplace. Beautiful. I didn't have all that bragging points. <laughs> My own bragging point is that I'm a crusader for justice. Yeah. I know how to fight for people and get them what they want. Yeah. And so, so it's it's and I guess it circles back to your question about whether I miss Nigeria. Nobody has made me feel cheap here. Nobody has made me feel I'm poor, right? And um, because I still don't have cash. But for my law exams, the government sponsored tutorials for me. Okay. I did a self-employment course for, for, it ran for six months and then three months after wedding mentoring. So nine months altogether. But the first six months, I got learning income because I was learning to be self-employed. Wow. Right? Yeah. And um, um, the child benefit covers my recurring expense. You know, and that's why I've had enough, a lot of headroom to be able to think, innovate, and decide I'm starting a business. So I actually set up a federal corporation and we serve lawyers with remote legal research and legal writing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's amazing that it's actually a good approach in this pandemic because lawyers tend to have more money than just the man on the street, right? That's and right. then. And and a lot of lawyers may not be able to afford having a full-time support in the office currently because revenue is low. They're not mm -hmm. having, you know, so so for me to be able to think on my feet and be able to do all those things, it was because I wasn't under the burden of, oh, I have to be at work at 8 a.m. Oh, if I don't work, I have to. I was volunteering just three hours for a shift. And I had a friend, she, I called her my Canadian mom, Mm -hmm. I'll put my child on the bus at 7.43 and she'll be at the bus waiting for me. She'll drive me to work and then I'll come back with Uber to pick my child because my child was doing three hours in school. Okay. So it was just the bus travel time for Ire that helped me go to yeah. volunteer while it was in kindergarten. Oh, the three hours. Oh, no. Yes. So I was doing three hours there too, you know. So the travel time it took to school, I took it there. Yeah. And it was cheaper to just put one child and I got a very lovely childcare. There's childcare that um, government subsidizes, but you have to um, convince government you're looking for a job. Or I, just, I decided that I wasn't going to stress myself. <laughs> I was going to keep my, my expenses low and I was going to just do whatever I could do. And so I didn't, I, what, instead of taking a job, I was volunteering. And, you know, it was flexible. They appreciate you. You're coming to the job. We still get appraised. We get appraisals. Sure. And they were my references for what I currently do, right? Okay. Yeah, and all that. So, okay. So, I said a lot. <laughs> talk about talk about the. So, the, I I feel like the process is pretty clear. You know, go to you know you go to the website, check for what what category your job falls under, do your IELTS, make sure you get a good score, reach a point, and then enter the pool. It is being in the pool that now becomes challenging because there's a lot of competition. It's not only Nigerians um, that are applying. How is someone able to give themselves an edge over others that are in that same pool? What can somebody like me do, for example? So we joined the pool as a family in January 2017. That was the first time I wrote IELTS. That was when we joined the pool. But there's a, the CRS core. It's impacted by age. It's impacted by your... De your degree. So people that shun Nigerian degree, if you have a Nigerian PhD, it's going to give you a higher score than somebody that has a Nigerian master's, right? Yeah. Oh, really? And, yeah. 
So we joined the pool in January 2017, but until I wrote my third IELTS, our CRS score didn't rise. The day I got my results, I picked my result from British Council and I uploaded it. Within six hours, we got our IT. What? Six hours? Oh my God. So they were just patiently waiting for you to improve. So what happened was it coincided with the day there was a draw. So what happened was I picked the I picked the document because I needed the certificate number. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I filled it in around four or five p.m. and I was doing a side hustle. Then I was selling tickets, so I woke <laughs> up at midnight. I was trying the to. Look, <laughs> I, I was trying to look for a ticket for someone. So, so I uploaded the new results around four or five p.m. Yeah, mm-hmm. and life was going on, and I was just I just went around midnight to go and say, oh, let me go and check this person's ticket. Maybe the prices have come down, right? And then I see I have an email, and what do I see around one a.m. IT. Wow. Is it like that? <laughs> yes. You know, so so it's so for me, and, and that's the thing. For me, the only mine I, I wouldn't say it was straightforward because honestly, putting together the documents and because one thing about the system, the Canadian system is they are precise about what they want. And you need to give them precisely what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, but at times, if you interpret it with your Nigerian mind, mm-hmm. you're thinking, this looks like it. Mm. Ah, this should fit in. Okay. So I actually needed people. And that's the same reason why somebody here had to Canadianize my resume. You know, if it is not it, it is not it. There's no, no matter how, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't work with synonyms like we do in Nigeria. Mm. Yeah, they okay. don't. They're hung up on words. I They're see. hung up on words. So when they're using a word, even though the word may have 10 meanings, there's a there's a there's a commonly there's a common meaning they use that word for. Yes. And so even when they write it in a document and send it to Nigeria, and you are using your Nigerian mind to apply a synonym to it, it may work against you. Oh. Yes. So you need to know precisely what they mean by what they want. When I wrote my first two, I was I was assigned to write five NCA exams. When I wrote the first two, the one I thought I would pass. I failed. The one I thought mm-hmm. I would fail, I passed. I, okay. I had been concise, brief, straight to the point. It was like writing um, multiple choice question, you know? And I felt, no, I didn't do a good job. That was professional responsibility. Constitutional law, I went to town. You know, I told the story, mm-hmm. gave background, history, <laughs> future, past, present. Right here, I, yes. I failed woefully. That's <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Relax, you know, yeah. So they the want so the want and that's the same thing. So people guided because I was one that filled our application forms. People guided me on what to do, what they want, what so somebody actually um fished out the requirements for self-employed people. People told me, okay, you need to show this, you need to show this, you need to show this. Because there's so much information, so much information. And sometimes you get lost in it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is why for people who fall outside the um, the federal skilled workers, that express entry pathway, mm-hmm. they need to talk to to lawyers in the system who would An analyze them lawyer? based on immigration lawyers, yes. Yeah, who, who would analyze their position and actually tell them the best thing to do. Because if you make a mistake of applying once and misrepresenting, it's mm-hmm. going to stay in that record. Mm-hmm. Now, to you, it may be a mistake. To you, it may be a mistake. 
but it's kind of hard to tell people, oh, it wasn't misrepresentation, it's a mistake. Because it's a system. It's a system, you know? So, and that's why one needs to be careful that you don't do funny stuff. Because sometimes, I, I notice that sometimes some people, we don't tell ourselves the old truth. Yeah. So now, I've come here, and instead of me to tell you all that, see, I, I walked across the border. It wasn't as if um, I had any paper when I was coming. I'll form a story for you. I just submitted this, 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 that they took me. And then you two, you go and submit this, 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 that. Meanwhile, you are misrepresenting. And that is entering the records for next, record. for next time that you maybe... Or and where, whenever you want to apply for even visitors, visa, medical visa, any kind of visa, they're going to ask you, have you ever been rejected? And they're going to check your history. And if by then you are now somebody that you said was formerly your aunt, some, or suddenly your mother's profile has changed. Mm-hmm. Your mother that was Agnes uh, Kowokwe, uh, born in 1961, me. Suddenly yeah. is now, you know, is now, I don't know, what, what yeah. other name can we use? She's now <laughs> an, <laughs> an Omosade, <laughs> born, in, born in another year. You know, and you wouldn't, and sometimes we don't even remember when we lie. Mm-hmm. Because we, oh my God, why do Nigerians yeah. have that? Um, why do we have that? Always trying to play fast one, always trying to be the smartest, always trying to game the system and show that I'm smart. I'm smart. Sometimes I, I, we should just chill and, like you said, give what they've asked for. Nobody asked you to do extra. You don't need to rush. It's just ugh, it's tiring dealing with. I, I, I must tell you that I had to avoid a few people. They were telling me, oh, you don't have to do this. Make sure there's no money in your account. Yeah. Make sure there's this one. And I told yeah. my husband, I said, the kind of money I need in my life is not from welfare. Mm-hmm. Welfare cannot take care of me. Living in this system and trying to play government and stone welfare is actually like you're, you're making yourself suffer. Because there's a better life. Now, the problem I think a lot of Nigerians have is that they're comparing to what was at home. So now mm-hmm. there's light. Now there's good roads. Now there's hospital. So all of a sudden, you think getting $500 from the government is good enough. Because, I mean, there's life, there's water, there's everything. And so so let they me relax and they don't want to work or... So you don't even realize anything. that have a better life you know so 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 i i feel it's it's um self it's self-harm to so be living changing yourself thank you mm. you're living comparative to nigeria you, you yeah. should be living so i tell people that currently i'm at the bottom of the economic ladder in canada mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if i'm at the bottom of the economic ladder in nigeria i won't even be talking to you toby <laughs> no, you'll be able to afford this internet. Yes, but if I want to fool myself, I will be comparing myself to Nigerians and saying that because I can afford what a middle class Nigerian cannot afford, I'm rich in Canada. <laughs> no, I'm not rich. Um, I don't, did you get it? Like, you need to yeah, be in that's, perspective. That's delusional, actually. You need to, because you you're need not in to the be same in country. Perspective. Yeah. You're not in the same country. Some, the cost of living, they're different. Different. There is, there is. We're supposed to be in spring, but we've been having snow flood so far today. Um, um, sun tomorrow. You have to use your eater. Your kids need to dress warm. My child developed a habit. He sometimes he bites his shirt. 
So you see him wearing a new shirt <laughs> and he has a hole in it. And you have to buy a new one. You know, and so there are lots of, and someone like me, I'm not patient enough to go to the thrift store. They do a lot of thrift here. I'm not patient enough to go to the thrift store and start combing and combing. When I can go to the brand new store and just see the same thing, different sizes, and just pick size, pick size and go. I mean, who's going to stand there and just be fishing through, fishing through? They're well arranged, they're all that, but you know, it's, so, so it's a Is lot of, and then, no, not free. Not free, okay, it's just, it's just thrift that, yeah, you know, but they are set up like, um, the normal mall and all mm. that. And you're wondering, and and then people tell me, oh, they have this shopping hub where you know where there are the deals. They're good. It's very good. I'm not saying they're bad. It's very good. But you need to consider what are your goals? What are your objectives? And which is why I say, do not compare yourself to Nigeria. Okay. If you come to terms with the fact that the way you're functioning, you're poor. In the North American terms, I you will see. work on how to become middle class in Canada. Instead of well, relaxing, you, thinking, oh, I'm living as if I'm middle class in Nigeria. Where you, you get really it? aren't. Yes. You are not. I see what you So mean. people say stuff. A lot of people tell me that, oh, you see, um, when you, once you pay your bills, all your money is gone. I say, I'm not going to do that to myself. And the same people are coming to tell me to move to a mega space. I'm like, nothing is pushing me. I have a roof over my head. I'm warm. I have somewhere to sleep. You know, I have all that. So why? So, 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 yeah, that's another problem. So people also come because in Nigeria, buying a house, owning your house, driving a brand new car, they are prestige symbols. Mm-hmm. But you now come, you now bring that Nigerian mind here. You want to own a house in the first three or five years. You want to drive a brand new car. Because here, once you have a letter of employment of a permanent job, you can get a new car without paying me paying any equity. You can get this, you can get that. But the problem is that when they repossess it, they're taking everything, including money you contributed. So, so all of a sudden, you want to use those measures, those Nigerian measures of success in Canada. Why you are poor? Just because yes. you have access to credit. Yeah, yeah. You okay. buy clothes, you can return them to the store. Okay. You buy gadgets, you can return. So some people can buy um iPhone, say, oh, I got it for my birthday present, and they return it to the store the next day. Nobody will know that that has happened, <laughs> you know? So people do funny stuff just to, but the problem is, for me, is you're robbing yourself of the headspace, of the wellness level to innovate and make your life better for the North American space. I mean, isn't that the purpose why people leave Nigeria <laughs> in the first place? That's the, that that that's that's actually that's actually the big that's, challenge. That's my People, purpose for for wanting it's, to it's leave. The, it's the situation of taking the monkey out of the bush, but the bush <laughs> is still in the monkey. <laughs> bush is still in the monkey. <laughs> yeah, yes, I totally, monkey. I totally understand. No, nobody, nobody cares as long as you're not stinking, as long as you're not wearing inappropriate clothes in the wrong setting. Mm-hmm. As long as your hair is not having, I don't know, maggot or lice or whatever, nobody cares about those things. You're a doctor, deliver your job. Mm-hmm. You're a teller, deliver your job. You're this, deliver your job. But if you choose to use all your hard-end income to buy designers, you're not impressing the real guys here. The only people you're impressing are your clickers on social media. Okay, okay. Nobody cares what kind of car you drive. <laughs> Nobody's gonna ask you. I, I was I, 
Nobody's going to like sit down and ask you. Nobody's going to. I don't know. I've been here and I would. The 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 I got to, the I got artic- articles in less than three months of um, passing my exams, which is mm-hmm. unusual. Mm-hmm. Which is and I got it with the University of Calgary, which is like a major. It's a big deal. Yeah. You know. And it was on the grounds of my volunteer work. I still volunteer. I'm supposed to be on volunteer shift today, but I had an um we had an emergency email from the practice preparation course people. They wanted us to do some simulations, so I couldn't go. Okay. The fact that I was I'm volunteering is much more impressive to a potential employer here than if I'm driving a <laughs> new car or you know, right now I'm talking to you. I had to set up a work station because of the job. You know, the fact that I have work tools that make me deliver properly on the job is more impressive to them than, I don't know. I so, understand. So all the measures. So even my work history in Nigeria, even though I cannot claim that I raised, I generated this amount of revenue in the law firm or whatever, the fact that we add tasks. And it's not just that you had it. It's, you know, in life, especially for, like, my principal, she's she's a retired master's. That's like a justice of a, of a higher court. Okay. You know, and she's 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 not a young person. You know, you don't package for those kind of people. Yeah, she's been there, done that. She's seen it all. <laughs> you know? You know? And so, all of a sudden, you have someone like that. And it's not just about you saying, I did this. It's also from... From the way you carry on, they can tell if you truly did those things. And so we also do that thing. Some of us package for work. In fact, somebody called somebody called me. When she listens to this, she's going to be mad with me. I said that she'd be a character reference. I said, ah, you don't have not seen in like five years. How can I be your character reference? And she said, it doesn't matter. I said, if they ask me when last I saw you, because they ask character references, those kind of questions. I'm going to tell them. Are you going to lie? Are you going to lie? And she was like, uh-uh. That she's not a ninja. Tiwa, tiwa now. You see that tiwa, tiwa is what, what gets people in trouble. That so, so right what happens, there. So yeah. what happens is people people package to get positions and roles they are truly not qualified for. Mm-hmm. And then they lose it. Because, I mean, once they have a good ground to let you go, they'll let them go. And then instead of you to go and fix the issues, mm-hmm. you start shouting discrimination. As if there was oh. no discrimination where you're coming from. There's sexism in Nigeria. There's classism in Nigeria. Absolutely, yeah. There's terrible yes. tribalism in Nigeria. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I'm like, you know, so 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 for me, I had to so so when I see all that, I'm like, why are you guys putting so much weight on yourself? I've practiced law in Nigeria for 16. This is my 17th year of standing at Nigerian bar. And I said, for me to be able to pull. The, the weight of a 17-year as a bar lawyer in Canada. I must sound like a Canadian lawyer that has practiced law in a Canadian court or Canadian judicial system for 17 years. Toby, I told you they are hung up on words. Yes. If you say property here, they think you're talking about phone or computer. Oh. If you don't say real estate, you don't know you're talking about house. I see. I see. Okay. So you can imagine when you're feeling like they should treat me like a 17-year-old liar and you're just going there and talking like uh, a toddler. Because you're using... It's the truth. When you're using the inappropriate... Um, inaccurate words mm-hmm. or words are not concise to them, it's like you're talking like a child. Like, we still have to tell you, no, we prefer to use this. You know, so... And of course, some, some of us are saying, oh, and they are just being discriminatory. That's not the issue. I said, my parent, my family lived in the north for a while in Nigeria. If a northerner comes into a, an eastern space or a southwestern space in Nigeria, the northerners are going to feel out of place for a while. Mm-hmm. 
until the even even if you go to Abuja and you don't start dressing like them, you won't get any contracts. True. You have to go and be saying salam alaikum and I have saying friends, stuff. Yeah, lawyer friends who they have they now dress in that stereotypical northern civil servant way. Yeah. You understand? It's so, just a I mean, so you can you cannot imagine flying across so many waters and coming in and trying to tell people that eh, hey, my Yoruba culture is superior. <laughs> sound. And if they don't take me with my Yoruba culture, they are discriminating. They are not treating me right. First of all, you will tune in. You know, which is why I listen to a lot of the webinars. I, I, I CBA, for example, they have lunch hour webinars. But lunch hour in Ontario is 10 a.m. in Calgary. So I'll do 10 a.m. I'll do lunch hour in Ontario at 10 a.m. I'll still do lunch hour Alberta at 12 noon, right? And it wasn't more to pick the technical stuff because in all honesty, we have most of the technical stuff because it's both common law, British, you know, British mm-hmm. history and all that. But because of the use of words, the kind of language, okay. the kind of, you know, all those things, they are very, because those are the things that give you off. If you're walking, if you walk into a room or you overhear a conversation, the words you hear the person use will tell you whether the person is elite or the person is... Uh, uh, Paco, <laughs> you will know, you know, you will know. And that's the same way it works in the profession. The way you sound, even when it's not like they're, it's not like they're conversing with you, but the way you sound, the way you talk, the way you write can already tell your level of finesse, your level mm-hmm. of professionalism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what I encourage people to do is focus on that. Ignore the issue of discrimination. You first of all, so that when you enter a space, nobody. They are the ones that will even be telling you, if you are telling them that, oh, I joined the Alberta Bar in 20... Like me now, by God's grace, I hope to join 2022. I joined the Alberta Bar in 2022. They're the ones that will be telling you that. But you sound like somebody who's been older at the bar. They you now be saying, oh, I had, I have had 18 years international experience. Mm-hmm. You understand? Not the one that you'll be the one forcing them to acknowledge that I've been a lawyer for 18 years. You guys need to treat me like a lawyer that's been a lawyer for 18 years. Meanwhile, if you... If you present your document, your document is going to look strange. And you know all those things matter. You're trying mm-hmm. to advocate for a client, but the judge or the lawyer on the other side or whoever, your words are not even sounding like they're having... And that's the interesting thing about a lot of Canadians. Once you're using a word that they don't commonly use for what you're saying, mm-hmm. you get lost. <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's so interesting, like... I remember one situation, and it happened with two different categories. I was talking, I was trying to talk about number one. I said organization. Eh, somebody said no. When you say organization, you mean NGO. If you want to say law firm, you say law firm. If you want to say oh. in-house, you say in-house. If you want to say NGO, you say organization. But we are saying you want to be employed by an organization. They will think you are talking of charity. Mm, okay. You can imagine. And then. So it it's 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 pretty interesting. And then there was another situation where I was trying to talk about potential employers and I used recruiters, recruiters, and the person was thinking I was talking about recruitment agency. Because oh, recruitment agency is a big deal here. I see. You know, if somebody's talking yeah. about a recruiter in Nigeria, you most likely be thinking think of, of the employer, employer yeah. not an agency. Not necessarily and it, an agency. It, that, it happened with a lawyer, and then in church we were dropping prayer points and I mentioned recruiter and my pastor was dropping the same thing. So I realized that okay that they thought I was talking about recruitment agencies. I had to say, no, 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 no. I meant my employer. Yeah. You, you understand? So they are concise. But if you don't, but, but if, if imagine I arrive in Canada with my two kids and my husband and I don't step out of the house except to put my child on the bus and to go <laughs> to a Nigerian church. 
Toby, what's the difference between you and the person living in Nigeria? There's absolutely no difference. And it's <laughs> my head scatters when I hear about people like that. That you leave a whole you leave your whole country to go to another place and do the same thing you're doing in your from in your country. I'm like, sorry, how sorry, does that make sense? Some people were, some people pity me. They'll say, oh, they are cheating you. They're just going to volunteer. They should be paying you. I'm like, no. how can you sit down at home? Yeah. You'll not be watching Nigerian movies saying you're missing out. Oh, it's, yeah. So those are people who don't really have a clear, maybe not clear. They don't have goals for, they don't have real reasons for wanting to move. They're not being strategic. They are not going, exactly. They're not being strategic because going, going over there gives you so many opportunities, which you are lacking back home. You might as well stay back home. If all you want to go do abroad is to just sit there and all of this is open to you and you can't even make use of it. Come on. I think it's a disservice to you and your country, Seth. Really. <laughs> like, like so, so at the end of the day, people say, people say, oh, they are bored. Toby, people at the point I bored. was volunteering three shifts as a volunteer in a week. There's absolutely no way I'll be bored. Well, people okay. say they are bored. No, they, say, a lot of people are not driven like you. You're always on another level. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that if you're bored, really, just pick up a volunteer Fine shift, work. right? <laughs> no, but okay. because I mean, if you sit down in your house, because nobody's going to walk up to you on the road and say hello. No. But I must confess to you that because I didn't have a car, when I was going to pick and my my boy on the bus, put him on the bus mm-hmm. in the snow, people mm-hmm. started giving me rides, and I bonded with a lot of people because of those rides. Okay, so you see this thing you just said. I've had some friends tell me, oh, people keep to themselves. They don't talk to people. Will you say that's been your experience? That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the challenge. When I arrived, I didn't buy a car. Right? I didn't buy a car. And so people gave me rides. Kathy drove me to work. Church members picked me on Sundays. A parent from Ira school was picking us from home to take us to the bus. When you're in those kind of rides, you talk. You talk to people. Mm-hmm. You talk. You exchange numbers. They don't give out their numbers here. They interact by email mm-hmm. or when they see you. But when you do all that, for you to connect and say, well, where are you parked? Or are you there? Or are you coming this morning? You have the person's phone number. And so for me, those were the ways. So what a lot of immigrants saw as I was suffering, walking in the snow. Because I remember then I would post my picture walking in the snow. And people would be like, ah, what are you doing? outside? Ah. It actually gave me friends. Oh, okay. Okay. Once you're insulated, nobody's going to step in your space. Okay, okay. So, um, I want you to quickly talk about the other parts. That's the provincial nominations. Maybe talk about two two provinces, and then you can say some advice to people who are looking to apply and move, and then we'll wrap it up. Well, I know that Manitoba was doing provincial nomination that your friend or your relative could nominate you. But the latest I heard was that they suspended it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure about that right now. But I also know that if you're able to get a job mm-hmm. in a province, the province may be able to nominate you. But getting a job here, um, there's something they call, is it LMIA now? That um, the, the person that wants to give you the job has to convince a government agency that they couldn't find somebody for that job within Canada, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why provincial nominations may look like something really difficult to get right now. But there was a time it was really working yeah. in Manitoba, right? Yeah. And yeah, so, and what I would just say is that 
I have friends in the system that they're trying to get refugee status or whatever. And what they're doing currently refugee is status. schooling. Is that an option? Yes, there. Yeah, some people, people that extend their visitors visa, that extend their stay, that um, stay beyond their limits, mm-hmm. they apply for asylum, they apply for all those things, you know. Okay. They say they're persecuted back in their country and they have to stay here. But what they do, what the smart ones do is they go to school. Yeah. Because, you know, while your application is pending, you can school. They go to school, they get certifications, they get work experience. So, and then they start positioning themselves to get a very good job back home. You know, back home, nobody's going to ask them if they have the Canadian papers. All they want to see back home is that, oh, you can speak for yeah, experience and, and you, you have, have yes, spray, spray, spray. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, <laughs> it's, <laughs> so, you know, so, so, so it's about strategy. Mm-hmm. You have to be strategic. You know, for me, um, for me, even though my experience in Canada has been way, way different from my experience in Nigeria, the reason why I've been able to maximize the resources I have in Canada is because of my Nigerian experience. Mm. You said I have drive. Hey, now, when you're poor in Nigeria, you won't have drive. Oh, mo, you will you have you so far. Ah, <laughs> you will so far. You are your family. You will so far. Oh my god. You know, yeah. It was so far. So when I was in Nigeria, I didn't have a living nanny. I didn't have relatives staying with me. And I was coping with two kids. When I got here, there's lights, there's water, there's everything. And I don't have nanny. And I'm okay because I mean in Nigeria you, without lights and water, it. I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, so so for me, mm. and that and that's another thing. We um a lot of us encourage people that have all the domestic support not to come. Because you can't afford to support yeah. Because you're going to pay them minimum wage. A minimum wage is good. Mm. It's not hundred dollars. It's good stuff. It's, it's not. <laughs> you know? It's not the fifteen k yeah. when people pay their their nannies here or twenty k, yeah. and they feel like they're paying something. So, True. so what I would tell people is they have to be strategic. That's one. Number two, you need to integrate mm-hmm. the country. Um, Calgary, for instance, is multicultural. I have friends from Albania, Peru, Perusia. <laughs> From I don't name the country. I have friends from all over. <laughs> they say if you come to Canada, you don't have to travel around the world because everybody is in Canada. Okay. No, so you have to integrate into the multicultural um, system because this, the truth about life is that uh, what they say in Yoruba, if you don't, if you don't get some new habits over time by interacting, you'll be able to show it off when you have a job, right? You don't want to carry your African bias into a very good job. Thank you for saying that, African bias. Yes. <laughs> I notice it's not just Nigerians that behave that way. Africans will go to a country and then they want to remain the same way. Everything has to be the same. I'm like, no. You have to conform you to have me. To you have to conform to, to where me. you are. Exactly. Can you leave your country as and if, think... As if they allow it where they are coming from. Exactly. You won't allow it in your own country. So why do you think it's okay to do it in someone else's? And they, they call Nigerian, them names and... oh. A Nigerian told the subordinate that was Amusing. doing something funny that you that you're supposed to be crawling on the floor where I'm walking. Can you imagine? And... <laughs> imagine that kind so, of attitude. So, so when I get here and I see them complaining about discrimination, I'm like, you put the experience classes in Nigeria. Like, really? Ah. But how do you treat your how do you treat your domestic staff at home and the people Chuke. who are socially below you? How do you treat them? So you're Chuke, here Chuke. acting all brand new. Oh, you How understand? You like, now you are the victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can't victimize anybody. 
you know <laughs> but it, it i think it's it's about strategy and then yeah, for me it's, don't it's, it's very humbling you're right yeah and then for me don't peg yourself a lot of the experience we internationally trained lawyers that come from africa complain about is the same thing canadians that went to get their law schooling abroad they have mm-hmm. the same challenges oh yeah of course people will sit there and if they're white they still have the same challenges which is difficulty getting articles they don't identify with they prefer canadian um education but that doesn't mean it can't work i, I mean i, I have nigerian I mean, degrees you're from nigeria nigerian degrees yes and i'm working in west of calgary right now yeah. but that doesn't mean it can't work but you know so i'm just trying to say that to show that it's the discrimination is a, across board the bias is across board and when you understand that they have a standard and they're trying to maintain their standard if they bring in people and crash the standard nobody will want to come here now you know, mm. so that's that's I think that's where their corporate bias comes from. The fact that you're afraid that ah, this person, this one, if you tell her to do one motherboard, you know, I hope they won't destroy our brand when they are coupling terrible stuff mm. and everything is spoiling. She gets so we need to standardize you. I, I, I take all the our exams standard, all yeah. The, yeah. I, I see it like that, you know, and um basically and of course be happy. So um what what kind of law are you focusing on? Well, are you going to diversify? Is it diversify? What's the word? Um, yeah. What, what, specialize. Well, what, what, what specialize diversify? Are you going to specialize? <laughs> no. Uh, well, right now, I've not made up my mind. But because um, I've been volunteering with um, with organizations that support self-represented litigants, and now I am doing my articles with a mm-hmm. public interest law clinic that fights... <laughs> You know, I'm, yeah. it seems I'm turning towards public interest, public justice. Law, you know, like yes. public justice, you know, that kind That's of thing. Good. And I, I think it's it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing because I think I, I'm getting too old to be chasing the dollar. <laughs> okay. If if um, someone has, if someone is listening to this and they want to get in touch with you, how how do you do that? Uh, or do you want people to get in touch with you? Let's start from well, there. Well, I could, you, but my, my, my social media handle is the best. Okay. On all social media. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Except you come to if you come to LinkedIn, it's Funke Fasunon. But um my Instagram, my Twitter is Olao Ogun Fasunon. Okay. That's it. If I can't help you, I'm gonna refer you to somebody who can. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because I'm still settling. I'm I'm not yet fully settled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, forget this has been forward. I feel like there's there are other aspects of this movie that that I wasn't able to touch on. Um, the 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 food, but it's not really serious. Maybe some other time we'll be able to talk talk about it. And then school for your children, comparing your experience here in Nigeria and there. But this has been interesting. Thank you for for giving me your time, and I I hope we'll be able to see each other soon in person sure. you know sure <laughs> thank you so much it was an enjoyable experience talking to you yeah well thank you talk soon yeah bye anyway <laughs> okay so that was my discussion with funke based in canada she has a lot of experience being a lawyer here and being a lawyer in, and becoming a lawyer in Canada. And I hope you find the discussion useful. If you have any questions, I'll leave the details in the show notes. Remember to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you find your podcast. And please, if you like the podcast, make sure you give me a rating, send your feedback. 
and see you next time. I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye.